Blog Talk Radio. but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, National Spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds Program, and Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Calm Bach Feeds. We've got a great show lined up for you today. It is Monday, which means we've got... Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, joining us. Our topics today include fertility and dealing with the broody hen, uh, and really what makes them go broody and what it's all about. So we got a great show again lined up for you today. Uh, Peter Brown will be calling into the lines here shortly, and uh, we'll have some host chat and talk about how you can have a chance to win a brand spanking new chicken coop from Urban Coop Company. Yep, so stay with us. We'll be back with another great episode of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you are passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at UrbanCoopCompany.com. That's UrbanCoopCompany.com.
Provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Introducing the Bright Tap Chick Feeder, the cleaner feeder that grows with your flock. The Bright Tap feeder is designed with a unique shield that prevents chicks from standing on the feed tray and pooping into their food. The shield keeps the feed clean, so you spend less time cleaning the feeder. And when your chicks grow up and leave the brooder, you can use the Bright Tap feeder outdoors to give your adult chickens scratch, grit, and oyster shells. The unique shield also prevents rain from getting into the feed tray and spoiling the food. The Bright Tap feeder fills easily through a lid in the top. No more spills or wasted feed. To learn more, visit our website, chickenwaterer.com. That's chickenwaterer.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Hope you had a great weekend this weekend. We sure did. If you're dealing with some nasty weather, uh, then I hope you're dealing with it well. And, uh, hey, spring will be here before we know it, what, 20 days or something like that. So uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, for some of you, that light may be a snowplow <laughs> coming your way. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, hey, just, uh, you know, hey, we, it, just roll with the punches. That's all we can do, right? It's easy for me to say it's 77 degrees outside. I'm hanging out in shorts and flip-flops. So, uh, but that's limited. <laughs> On Saturday, we're heading back to the homestead. Uh, it's time to get geared up for a good 2015 and, uh, and touring and things like that. 
I've got a big webinar coming up that you can listen to for free, participate in. I'll be up at the CDC headquarters in Atlanta with both CDC and USDA talking about keeping flocks healthy, 26th. And you can get all that information about how to register for that free educational webinar at our Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com and search for the Chicken Whisperer. Um, and then a week later, I'll be speaking at the Kalmbach Feeds, my new premier sponsor. Glad to have them on board. Uh, their dealer conference, uh, 200 uh, feed dealers are going to be there, and I'll be speaking there uh, talking about uh, talking about, guess what, backyard poultry. Uh, we'll be talking about their customers, <clears throat> the wide array of people who keep backyard poultry and products and things they want to have on their shelves and whatnot. So uh, we've got that going on um, coming up. And then I'll be back to the homestead for about a month to uh, get one more month of recovery before I go on the book tour. Uh, it's pretty strenuous, actually, uh, daily you know, <laughs> tours and things with, with, the, with the RV and whatnot. But um, so we'll probably start that the week right after Easter. Easter comes early. I believe it's the 5th of April. After that, we'll start our spring book tour. So we've got that going on. Have you registered or entered to win this awesome chicken coop from urbancoopcompany.com? That's not all I'm giving away. Grand prize is the round top chicken coop. First prize is a GQF Hovabator incubator. Second prize is a Brensi EcoGlow brooder heater. Third prize is a sweeter heater. Fourth prize is a chicken chicken fountain watering system. Fifth prize is a Peck and Play mobile chicken run. Sixth prize is a Fowl Play products chicken swing. Come on, you know you want one. Uh, seventh prize is a one-year print subscription for magazine. How do you enter? Glad you asked. Send an email with your name, shipping address, and phone number. Okay, and you just send an email that has your name, shipping address, and phone number in it to contest at chickenwhisperer.com. That's contest at chickenwhisperer.com. If you would, please put coop contest in the subject line of the email. Only one entry per person per email address. If you enter more than once, you'll be disqualified. The prize is shipped to the lower 48 states only. Contest started at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on February 1st, 2015. The contest ends at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on February 28th, 2015. Winners will be selected by random drawing. They will be contacted via email and telephone on March 2nd, 2015. No purchase necessary to enter. Contest is not is not associated with Facebook in any way. Good luck, folks. And uh, you can get all that information again by visiting our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Chicken Whisperer. So we got that going on. <laughs> I'm glad you could um, join us. So uh, we're waiting for uh, Peter Brown to call in. I don't think he's calling in from a different number. There's got some folks in the caller queue. I'm assuming they're just hanging out listening to the show. So, uh, But I don't see Peter's extension yet. So um, if you have uh, been listening lately, great. If you haven't, the last few shows with Peter on Monday uh, have been very interesting. It started off about getting the um, getting your uh, breeders ready. Uh, we talked about uh, um, breeding. We talked a little bit about incubation. We talked about egg development, which was very interesting. And then today we're following up with uh, fertility as well as uh, broody hens and um, we may next Monday talk a little bit about uh, brooding and setting up a uh, setting up a brooder. So we've got that going on uh, 
as as well coming up. Got uh, several shows this week. Of course, today, Peter Brown with the Chicken Doctor. Uh, Wednesday, we have Ask the Quail Lady uh, with Alexandra Douglas. She's going to be joining us this Wednesday, talking all about quail. I know a lot of you have uh, many different animals on your homestead. Quail may be one of them. She's here. She joins us once a month. Talks about the advantages of raising quail. And then Thursday, we have poultry scientist and professor, Dr. Bridget McRae, Ph.D. She's going to be here. I don't have a topic yet for her, but um, I'm sure it'll be a, a good one. I know she's working on her yearly topic schedule for us for this year. I'm not exactly sure where the tour is going to take me this spring, uh, other than the fact that it'll probably be uh, Ohio and uh, spaces all uh, really uh, uh, all around Ohio, probably the states that actually touch Ohio. And so uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, hadn't been up in that area too much, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And I don't really know exactly all the details. I'm not sure if we'll be hitting some feed dealers specifically or if we're going to be looking at renting a um, public venue and then speaking there for both the community and the dealers to promote and then have one one location. So I'm not sure. Oh, that'll be worked out, I'm sure, starting in the next couple of weeks because I know Combox Feeds has been um, working, trying to get this big dealer conference uh, organized. It's a big deal. It's a big event. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Looking forward to that. Um, hey, I want to remind you as well, Ideal Poultry, uh, they ship more baby chicks than anybody in the country as far as backyard poultry is concerned. About 6 million baby chicks every year. Um, they're, from what I understand, out uh, for all of May. I think they are totally out of uh, anything that you may want. So you can go ahead and try to order now if you're going to order from them. Um, and uh, But there's others out there that are also sponsor this show uh, as well. Um, we've got uh, Cackle, Cackle Hatchery, and um, I like them all. I've ordered from them all. I've had success with them all. I know that Cackle, when they can, let me give you an example. If a breeder, uh, even a well-known breeder that does a lot of showing, a lot of times if they get out of the business, Cackle will come in and purchase their breeders. And so uh, a lot of their breeds um, may be a little bit more show quality, if that's what you're looking for. I'm sure if you call them, they may let you know. Um, but um, you may get more show-quality birds, depending on the breed, uh, over at Cackle. I know they're, they're pretty good about doing that. So um, if Ideal doesn't want to, doesn't have what you want, uh, there's always Cackle. Um, there's um, uh, Strombergs. You can order from them. And Strombergs has a lot of uh, product as well. Uh, at their website, strombergschickens.com. So you may be interested in ordering uh, from them and getting some product uh, along the way. And, of course, there's the good old uh, classic uh, McMurray Hatchery, the world's largest rare breed hatchery. And then they have a little bit more uh, rare breeds if you're looking for something a little bit more rare. Uh, and everybody loves the uh, McMurray uh, catalog so as well. Let me go and see if this may not be, uh, um, let's see, it normally, uh, hey, Peter, is that you? Okay, that was not Peter. Hmm, interesting. Um, he normally doesn't take this long to call in. He may have got pulled on something. So 
what I might do is go to try to give him a call because let me update the switchboard too. <clears throat> um, but everything seems to be working great on my end today. And I don't see where Peter has called in. So give me just a second. I'm going to uh, tell you what I'll do. I'm going to go ahead. Normally we don't go to our second commercial break until about 40 after or even 45 after the hour. Um, but since I'm going to have to go and try to give Peter a call, make sure everything's all right, um, I'll go and start going through maybe a couple of other commercials i got to play them anyway, so that just means that when Peter does call in and come on, we won't have to go to that second commercial break. So uh, no worries. Uh, there may be some dead air here or there while I go through these commercials and while I try to call Peter and see if he is around. So give me just a second, and I'll give Peter a call. So stand by. <laughs> You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the dirty waterer zone. But up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water, the Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop-filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap, clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chickenwaterer.com. need an incubator, think Brensi, the incubation specialist. Brensi has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brensi.com. Brensi spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brincy.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brincy. Technology you can trust. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us, and I uh, apologize about the uh, dead air. And uh, we've got a couple of more uh, commercials run, so I'll just uh, shorten the commercial break at a quarter till or uh, ten till the hour, so no worries there. But um, we've got Peter Brown. We'll go ahead and bring him on. Let's give him a big chicken whisper of welcome. There we go. Alrighty, Peter, thanks for uh, joining us today. We do appreciate it. Our topic, of course, is uh, fertility and a little bit about uh, broody mamas and broody hens. So uh, we do have to, in the show, 3 o'clock, uh, or as close to it as possible, so no worries there. But that gives us about 40 minutes, minus uh, about a four-minute break, about a quarter till or ten till that we'll take. So um, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, Andy, thanks. <laughs> Sorry I'm late. I uh, got tied up on the phone here, and uh, just uh, one of those things. So I, uh, my apologies. I no problem whatsoever. We were just uh, getting worried. I think the two times in the last three years you've been on uh, where you were a no-show, 
uh, ended up not being such a great day <laughs> for you. <laughs> so, literally, I think the two years or maybe three years that uh, the two times that, that you were at Ojo, um, it ended up one, of course, you were uh, being uh, shot back to life by the paramedics. And then the other one, you know, I believe you thought you were uh, maybe having a stroke. It ended up not being a stroke, thank, thank goodness. But um, so so yeah. Whenever you whenever I don't see a number pop up and the minutes tick on, you know, I can't help it. And it's even though two times in three years this is a great percentage, it just uh, it, it starts concerning me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Just one of those things no. that I let time get away from me, and uh, um, just uh, one of those things. I guess the best thing to do for us right now is probably get right to this. So uh, let's roll. There's two uh, two subjects that here um, that are. Um, not overly difficult, uh, not a whole lot uh, uh, you know, about either one of them. Uh, the fertility part is pretty simple. We've been going over uh, all of the things that you can do to uh, enhance the ability of your birds to uh, produce good hatching eggs and, in turn, good quality chicks. And certainly if you're interested in having good chicks, you've got to have good fertile eggs to start with. Um, I can't believe the amount of people who uh, I see, and I understand being a newbie and a first-timer, but you, you would think that before you had chickens, you would have done some sort of of uh, uh, research into, uh, you know, how things work. And, um, uh, you know, all of that being said, uh, the uh, fertility goes a, goes a long way. I see a lot of people uh, have eggs that they've broken open and asking people if they're, uh, what the bullseye looks like and everything else, <clears throat> and uh, uh, wasting, in many cases, perfectly good hatching eggs, trying to figure it out rather than incubating them and candling them uh, out at about five days or so and, and taking a look at them. But uh, that being said, fertility in itself is different from hatchability, okay? Because if you don't have fertility, you can't have hatchability, okay? So they're two totally different things uh, uh need to be looked at in, in two totally different uh uh, different uh, lights, but fertility basically, if you're looking for a definition of it, uh, I guess you could say that it's the ability of the male uh, sperm to fertilize the uh, female germinal disc, um, and um, it's also the amount of incubated eggs that actually turn up fertile. Okay, uh, hatchability would be the amount of those fertile eggs that end up hatching in, in reality. So. Uh, 100% versus whatever percentage that you, you may get. And there are a number of different factors that uh, play into uh, the, the fertility uh, that a bird is able to produce for you. Um, and we did talk about some of this when, uh, when we talked about uh, uh, preparing the breeders for uh, putting them together, pairing them up, uh, or however you're going to do it, putting a, a male in with a group of hens. And, and that type of thing. And one of the most important ones is the bird's diet. Um, a bird with a, a poor diet, lacking the proper protein, minerals, and, and uh, amino acids, and, and vitamins, is certainly going to give you uh, either poor fertility or, in some cases, uh, even poor hatchability. Uh, these are weak chicks, chicks with abnormalities, uh, vitamin deficiencies, uh, uh, crooked necks, uh, um, curled toes uh, and, and all of those things that we have a tendency to see uh, plastered all over the internet and every place else. So <clears throat> the uh, the poor diet uh, 
good diet deal uh, certainly makes all the difference in the world as to how things are going to turn out uh, at the end of the day. Uh, the poor diet also leads to uh, uh, poor eggshell strength uh, and the eggshells being more porous uh, and that kind of thing. So uh, at, the, at the end of the day, uh, the egg ends up losing uh, more moisture than it should and you get chicks that are dried out in, in the shell. Uh, and this can even happen. Uh, even though you may be keeping the incubator uh, at the perfect humidity and, and so on. So, um, and um, poor diet tends to, uh, to lead itself to um, uh, more small uh, eggs than, than might be normal with a particular breed. Uh, and if that happens, uh, then those eggs generally, uh, but not always, don't hatch quite as well either. So there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, and we've talked about some of it before. But as far as the, uh, the, the, the egg size of it is concerned, it's going to make a, a difference. In the, um, uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, other factors that, that would weigh into this um, would be, and this one's really, really important, and that is body size. And uh, body size, uh, in basically two ways you want to look at the body size, a bird that has the proper frame structure to uh, uh, produce the type of eggs that you're looking for. So a, a bird with a good large frame uh, for its, uh, its size, uh, you're going to want to, to look for one um, that is, is going to, you know, with a good frame size, it's going to be able then to put out a good... Uh, uh, egg for you, and um, uh, when it uh, puts out a good egg for you like that, then you, you know, get good egg size, uh, good hatchability out of that, uh, and the fertility and, and so on all goes to it. Uh, birds that are too thin don't have the body size, and uh, they end up um, uh, causing you more grief uh, sometimes than, it, than, it, than it's worth. So all of this, uh, body weight, <coughs> too thin, too fat, uh, all goes back to the, the type of diet that you feed. Uh, birds that um, that um, have um, been fed too many treats have a tendency to have uh, uh, more uh, body fat. Body fat interferes with the uh, uh, egg coming down the uh, oviduct, and when we have uh, that particular uh, problem going on, uh, we end up having uh, uh, eggs that get uh, turned around in the oviduct possibly, um, and uh, those uh, uh, end up being uh, uh, stuck in, in the oviduct, uh, call them egg-bound. Um, so there's a number of different things. puts pressure on the kidneys. Uh, you start getting a lot of urates in the, uh, in the dropping and, and so on. So all of these things, uh, the, uh, the diet, uh, a good diet leading to the proper egg size, the body weight, not too much body fat, not too many treats, uh, I can't tell you uh, how many times we've talked about treats, not only on this show, but in, in other forums. Uh, and I just can't believe uh, some of the things that people do and then turn around and expect them to, uh, these birds to, um, um, you know, to, to give you, uh, you know, good quality uh, eggs and, and good quality chicks uh, out of all of that. Um, Looking at the head of the bird, um, male and female, the redness of the head and the size of the comb, condition of the plumage. Uh, when you look at the male, uh, a female is going to be uh, uh, more attracted to a male with a more upright comb uh, and a red comb. Um, 
and she will have a tendency to want to mate with that particular uh, rooster more often than not. And um, it's just nature's way of trying to get the best, what the nature would consider the best genes for, uh, to, to the best genes mating. And so um, uh, the <clears throat> female will definitely be attracted to a male uh, who has good plumage and a, a good upright red comb. doesn't mean that the others won't mate. It's just that the chances of having a superior male mate uh, is uh, uh, going to be better if the comb is upright and red and the plumage is, is in good shape and and um, and so on. I knew the, I knew there was a reason. I knew there was a reason in college. Whenever I sprayed my mohawk red, that I got more. <laughs> you got more attention, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From the ladies, I you know, just let us say. So I, I knew there was a correlation somewhere there. So. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> Definitely. Mm. Um, but it, it it does make a difference, and the research uh, does bear that out. Um, certainly, if you're taking a rooster. Uh, um, that doesn't have as upright a comb as, as, as some of maybe the others, and you're putting them in with, with hens, it's a different story. Or that's, that's selection rather than natural selection on its own. Um, and most people uh, are going to put birds together in a, in a, uh, uh, in a breeding pen and, and so on. But um, it, it, do, it does make a difference. And um, the other thing that you want to look at, too, is uh, you know, flock stresses. Uh, Stresses in a flock come in many, many different ways. Um, certainly um, all of these things, but you don't want to vaccinate too close to the time uh, that you're going to be putting birds together because you don't want that stress of handling them, uh, any possible vaccine reaction, uh, or the immune system being uh, totally occupied with uh, trying to build antibodies to the vaccine and uh, um, allowing some other pathogen to, to possibly take hold that the, the bird may come into contact with. Um, we know from previous shows we talked about the corticosteroids that are produced during stress and uh, will actually uh, impair the immune system, in some cases shut it down totally, uh, makes the bird more susceptible. Uh, uh, overly aggressive males uh, in, in, a, uh, in a breeding uh, pen uh, can be devastating to the females, uh, make uh, some females uh, uh, shy and uh, have a tendency to beat up the uh, the, uh, the uh, the timid uh, females, um, and um, she will try to avoid uh, mating uh, with an overly aggressive rooster. Um, so <clears throat> she may even, she may even, uh, and I've seen this happen too, uh, uh, running around, spending more time, spending her energy and her nutrients running away from a rooster rather than uh, becoming uh, more susceptible to him or more receptive to him. And so that, that's all the stress. It does upset the entire flock. Um, um, we have that on occasion out here with our own little group. Uh, we've got a, a hen or two that are on the real small side. And, um, you know, they just have to make sure that they've got plenty of room. We're not interested in breeding and stuff, so it's it's a little bit different. But there are stresses there, and you can watch it and you can see it. And, and um, she will try to avoid most of the males. Now, there's a small one out there. And the, another rooster that's on the smaller side, and she'll have a tendency to go over to him and mate with him when she so chooses. Um, but they can actually separate themselves from the flock, uh, and, you know, it's, it's lost egg production, uh, lost chicks that you could have got from that uh, that hen, and, and that hen that you're feeding as well. So there's a, there's a, a, a cost uh, factor involved there. Um, 
one of the other things is the constant treading of these uh, timid uh, females and, and tearing up their backs and, and uh, ripping out f- uh, feathers um, it leads to uh, uh, bacterial infections in the skin, fungal infections, uh, and also leads to um, an, an unwillingness of the female then to continue to, to breed. So they uh, they do the hunt and hide deal, and when they see him coming, they run for the hills and get out of his way. Uh, as much as as they can. Um, the other thing you have to be somewhat careful of with um, um, looking at fertility is males that, that become older. Um, it is in many cases um, better off for, for you and and the fertility of the flock if you just drop them into a breeding pen uh, several times a day rather than leaving them there hour after hour uh, to constantly breed and. Um, uh, wear himself out and wear himself uh, fairly thin as far as his ability to to, to breed. Uh, some birds, as they get older, the, the amount of uh, viable semen that they're able to produce is a lot less, so it may make sense to take him to a breeding pen, drop him in, uh, watch him mate everybody that you can once or twice after about an hour or so, and pull him out, bring him back around noon, put him back in, do the same thing, and maybe come back in uh, uh, late in the afternoon and, and let him do it again. And uh, this way here you keep uh, the, uh, the the semen fresh, you keep it uh, uh, more viable, um, and uh, he's uh, uh, going to be able to produce uh, more chicks for you in, in that particular situation than he, than he would <clears throat> in the others. We also do this with uh, uh, older birds that are males that we want to... Um, to get some uh, offspring from, and um, over the years I've had quite a few clients be very successful in doing that, uh, taking birds and uh, more or less hand-mating them, so to speak, and uh, uh, they've been able to uh, to get you know offspring from birds that are very very old, rather than just dumping them into a pen and, and hoping for for the best. So you you can be somewhat in control uh, of this. The uh, the, the sperm is held inside the female in, in uh, uh, called sper- uh, sperm torch, uh, storage rather uh, tubules, and um, if that uh, sperm that he's producing uh, after several meetings is not all that strong, it's not going to last all that long. So you're better off to uh, have the stored sperm be the best he's got and uh, increase the chances of the fertility and therefore the hatchability from a particular male or group of males. Okay. And um, um, the problem uh, with the older males is that the, um, the, the viability of the sperm is, is less, or the, what we would call the, the quality of it. Um, interesting factor, um, somebody had brought up <clears throat> on Facebook um, during the week um, the, uh, the thought of, of uh, doing artificial insemination with birds, so therefore... Uh, taking a sample from a male uh, and um, you know uh, shipping it to somebody else or, or transporting it by car to somebody else, and so that they could, instead of doing the sending birds and everything else. In actuality, I had a, a program set up years ago. To uh, uh, the whole idea uh, was to set up a chicken sperm bank, and it kind of sounds crazy, but um, uh, it was a good thought. I put a lot of time, effort, and some money into it, uh, trying to. Uh, uh, worked with a company out of Pennsylvania, um, and um, a, um, 
poultry geneticist from uh, University of Maryland at the time, and um, what I really found out was that um, even in even in the commercial sector, while the uh, um, artificial insemination of cows and pigs and turkeys has gone on for some time, uh, and certainly it's done in chickens as well, but the storage uh, of the uh, sperm uh, is is a problem. Uh, now I don't know now whether it's been rectified or not because once the program went south and it wasn't a viable thing for me, uh, I terminated my interest in it and, and really never went back to it. But um, the problem is is twofold. Um, you lose um, at least at that time, and this was um, well over ten years ago that I was. Um, I think it was around 2004, so or over ten years ago, eleven years ago. Um, you lose about one third of of the uh, the viable sperm just in freezing it. Now a lot of people are thinking, um, you know, that we can just take this uh, sperm and we can just uh, uh, put it in a tube and put it in the refrigerator and the freezer and uh, at some point in time take it out and and thaw it out and, and inseminate birds with it. Not going to work. Okay. Uh, in actuality, back then. Uh, the freezer that would be required uh, for doing such uh, uh, a, a project was at least $10,000, and um, it was a uh, liquid nitrogen vapor um, um, refrigerator, and it doesn't look like your standard refrigerator. It's more like a tank with uh, um, flat shelving that is um, set on a timer, and the the uh, uh, sperm once it's uh, once it's uh, been checked for its uh, motility or its mobility uh, and uh, checked for uh, uh, bacterial diseases and so on and so forth, and then put into an extender uh, which keeps it uh, protects it uh, when it is frozen, they would drop it down in these and onto these trays, and these trays would slowly hang out in the vapor from the liquid nitrogen and slowly bring that temperature down over a period of time. Forget the exact timing on it, uh, how many minutes it took to get down into the actual liquid nitrogen and come be uh, totally frozen. So you just can't throw it in there. The shock of it would just kill it all off. And But it lost at least a third back then. The other problem that came along with this uh, whole setup was that certain lines of birds, okay, while the sperm was able to be frozen and then reconstituted back to a liquid, they were not getting any fertility from certain lines, not all certain lines, so it was too too iffy to to bother because you know in the fancy chicken world and backyard chicken world, we've got a zillion different lines of chickens, and the cost of trying to figure out uh, whose was going to be viable, who wasn't going to be viable, uh, and so on uh, just didn't uh, uh, make any kind of financial sense and uh, the way I was actually setting this this all up was uh, through an attorney through an accounting firm and uh, uh, from the financial side. And <clears throat> the object then was to sell shares in this venture um, and have them handle all the money, pay all the bills, and do everything else, which kept it uh, out of my hands uh, so that there was no impropriety uh, Im- imposed on, on the situation. But unfortunately, we just never got along to that point for the, uh, for the reasons that I've uh, uh, expressed here. So the, the viability of, of the sperm, uh, from a given male uh, is going to mean uh, just about everything and anything, uh, uh, you know, as far as uh, 
the fertility is, is concerned. So it's a, it is a big deal. Um, as birds age, the, uh, just as humans do, uh, the amount of testosterone they have starts to wane. Uh, the uh, uh, older males, their interest in females may not be uh, quite so uh, uh, good uh, when they're six, seven, eight years old as it was when they were two, three years old. Uh, and again, referring to our flock here, we see that the, the, the best time uh, to probably mate one of these guys here uh, due to their uh, age is probably somewhere around the first hour or two uh, after they get off the roost in the morning. Um, as the day wears on, um, they're probably about the laziest bunch I've ever seen. <laughs> Just hang out and, and uh, sun themselves all day long and don't do much else. So uh, as that testosterone level uh, is built up overnight and as it wanes uh, after the first hour or two in the morning, not a whole lot of uh, mating activity going on uh, uh, with this type of a situation. Um, another thing that will, will uh, help you get better fertility from your birds is to take uh, and size up your birds, uh, putting similar body type birds with, uh, uh, with other uh, birds of similar size. It does, does make a difference, uh, and, uh, and you want to look at you know, the age and the maturity of the birds as, as well. Um, you want to make sure that... Um, uh, that you know, when you want to check on your birds and make sure that the male is doing his job uh, before you pick up eggs for, for or put eggs in the incubator uh, and, and that type of thing. So you want to make sure you know just just observe him, take a look, see see what's going on, make sure he's still out there doing the job, um, and make sure that uh, you know no hen is being beat on and that kind of stuff, so that she's not running away uh, trying to hide from him constantly. And not only that, if he's chasing her all the time, he's not doing his job. Um, that takes away from everybody else as well. So you want to try to avoid those situations <clears throat> wherever you can. Um, you also want to make sure uh, that the male uh, uh, is eating, and um, you, you want to make sure that he's maintaining his body size and that he's not just hanging around uh, trying to mate with everybody as often as he can but foregoing uh, his own uh, nutritional needs. So you, you may want to make sure that you go out and, and pick those birds up. We've set a time in, time out, get a bucket, watch them, look at them. Uh, when you get the opportunity to handle them, it uh, doesn't mean you've got to pick them up every five minutes. Uh, but I can't tell you how many times people have uh, called me and said, you know, I just picked up one of my birds, hadn't picked them up in a while, and they're all skin and bone or this or that or the other or they're full of mites or whatever. And it just makes good sense to uh, to pick them up, you know, often during that breeding season uh and to see, you know, to see where they are. Maybe you've got a hen out there uh, who's uh, lost a lot of feathers. Uh, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time then that you, uh, um, you know, that you went and picked her out and gave her a rest. You know, let those feathers uh, start to come back in, uh, and and so on as far as as, as that's concerned. Um, you have to uh, watch out for um, other things that will lead to. Uh, to infertility, mites, uh, stress, we've already talked about, body fat, too light, too thin, uh, diseases, worms, uh, respiratory issues, all of these things are going to slow a flock down. Uh, birds aren't going to want to breed. Uh, and um, so you're going to want to you know, 
check those things out. And hopefully, if, you know, if you've paid attention in the last few weeks where we've been doing all these different things, uh, you know, you might take a look at uh, go back and look at those programs that we talked about. You know, making the birds uh, and the flock healthy prior to putting them all together. Andy, did you want to take a break now and come back and I'll mention the, the broodiness part? That sounds like uh, perfect timing. No problem. I can do that. Folks, we're listening to Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor. We're talking about fertility, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, broody hens and kind of the science behind that and the ways and woes. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back with more Ask the Chicken Doctor right after this short break. you need an incubator, think Brensi, the incubation specialist. Brensi has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brensi.com. Brensi spelled... B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brincy.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brincy. Technology you can trust. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hensaver aprons today at Hensaver.com. That's Hensaver.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. 
or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business, providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for the beginner or advanced poultry keeper. Stromberg's should be on the top of your list when it comes time to order. Shop online at www.strombergschickens.com or call today at 1-800-720-1134. Remember, that's strombergschickens.com. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. And uh, we'll bring Peter back live, and we've got about 10 minutes to wrap up with some broodiness uh, topics and tips. Yeah, uh, one of the, probably the toughest things that uh, uh, that a person who's uh, raising chickens uh, uh, can go through is, uh, is hens that end up being broody. And, and uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean um, it's not always a hen that is an actual egg production. Um, this can be any hen. And it just... Uh, uh, seen it many times where a bird uh, you know, just not really in, in, in egg production herself. So I think one of the first things to do is to make sure that the bird uh, that is broody is producing eggs. And um, uh, there's, there's a whole lot of, of uh, uh, school of thought on different methods to, to break broodiness. And sometimes it just can't be done. I've seen it where... Uh, Nothing really works, but um, so the idea is that if a bird <coughs> is not laying eggs, then make sure that you force her into production by providing uh, uh, the appropriate amount of light, which is a minimum of 12 hours uh, of light per day. Uh, the light intensity doesn't really have to be overly bright. <coughs> um, so there's a couple of trains of thought on this. Uh, there's one where putting the uh, uh, the, the bird in a, a bottomless uh, or a, a wire bottom cage so that it takes away the, the body heat and, and that will uh, supposedly uh, make her stop laying. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But there are other things uh, that stimulate a bird to, uh, to go broody and some of those are, are, are certainly the heat. Uh, one is nesting materials, so you want to remove uh, nest boxes. Uh, you want to because uh, I know people that have done that and they say, well, you know, they just go lay eggs in the corner uh, or they find an egg in the corner or whatever. So you want to keep up everybody else's eggs picked up and uh, don't allow this bird to sit anywhere. Um, if uh, if you uh, are unable to keep her from, you know, setting up shop in the corner, uh, make that particular area uh, uncomfortable for her, okay? Uh, the uh, We use... Um, uh, these plastic uh, mats that go in nest boxes, and people often say to me, you know, well, you know, what's the purpose of them? Well, the purpose is to they come out of the commercial poultry industry. They don't want the birds sitting in the in the uh, in the uh, uh, nest box uh, 
sitting on eggs or just hanging out in there. And so these are a um, plastic mat that goes in the uh, in the nest box, and they serve a couple of purposes. They're easy to clean out. You don't have to deal with shavings or anything like that. And um, they have holes in them besides so that if you want to drop them in a bucket and get all the manure off them, you can slap them on something, get 90% of the water out, and put them right back in a nest box. You don't have to dry them. And uh, so sometimes something along the lines of, of that will work, something prickly to keep them from, from, uh, from laying uh, down in that, in that particular corner. Uh, some of the other things are get them out away from other birds. So you might want to set up um, what's called a, a broody pen. Uh, you can do it in a number of different ways. If you've got a, a area in your in your coop uh, where you can set up an actual pen, put the bird in there. Uh, and uh, one of the other things to do is to keep changing the food and water around within the coop. Don't let her get used to everything being the same. Okay, and. Uh, if you find her laying in one corner one day, want to sit over there, then take the food and water, put it over there, make her move around. But one of the other things that uh, I've had several people tell me that, that does work uh, on occasion, and again, I, I will caution you that there are times this is a very strong um, instinct that birds have that is genetically controlled, okay? So in uh, a bird that has inherited uh, a... Uh, uh, a gene that is overly uh, strong, producing the hormones uh, for for broodiness, uh, you may never break her of of doing that. But um, sometimes some shock therapy. Um, I've had some folks take um, and, and put the bird uh, in a nest box on top of a bunch of ice cubes. Okay, I've had others take her and put her in a nice cold bath, not for long, but just in a nice cold bath. And obviously you can't do this kind of stuff in the wintertime. But the idea is to to take away the familiarity of, of nesting, uh, take away the materials, don't allow any straw, hay, uh, materials to and places to, 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 uh, to get comfortable and set up shop, uh, whether she has eggs or she doesn't. And um, so some of these things work, some of them work, uh, don't work, and some of them never work. It just depends uh, on the bird overall uh, as to uh, you know whether or not the bird is going to uh, realize that you know now's not the time to be sitting on eggs. And uh, it is a very strong hormonally controlled, genetically uh, inherited trait, and it just depends on uh, how strong it is for that particular bird breed or whatever, or whether or not you're actually going to be able to uh, to get her to stop. So uh, along those lines, question. yeah. No, go ahead. Finish that up, and I've got a question. No, along, along those lines, you're, you know, it's, it's it's just it's it's the luck of the draw. You know, I've, I've seen it work both ways, and uh, you know, here here some of our females uh, when we had more females than we have now, uh, you know, we'd have the same problem. You know, uh, one laid the egg, but three want to go in and, and sit on it. You know, and uh, the same thing with taking care of the chicks. You know. Uh, uh, two of them didn't have any chicks. One did, but all three of them became mamas, and, and uh, they just happened to be that way. It's that 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 you know instinct that's passed on uh, to them genetically. Yep, that's a question in the chat room. Um, Christmas chick wants to know, and, I, and I'll follow up that question with something that I've seen posted at least twice uh, in uh, some forums. In fact, even yesterday, um, Christmas chick wants to know. I have two storage refrigerators set between 65 and 70 degrees uh, where she keeps her hatching eggs. 
Um, but this overnight cold knocks it lower sometimes. I just don't want to try hatching um, uh, something that's not going to hatch. Now, just yesterday, I saw on one of the chicken Facebook member pages, someone had purchased uh, from Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, local kind of farm market. Um, it, it's a it's a commercial brand, so it's, you know, it's not just like someone brought them in from the farm. Uh, and they're advertised on the package. It's printed um, fertilized eggs. And they're in the grocery store, and uh, they're in the cooler in the grocery store, and they've probably been been the cooler since, you know, they shipped from wherever. <laughs> and they actually hatched those eggs. They had a picture of the carton holding it, where it specifically states uh, where you can go, I guess, and apparently find eggs in the grocery store label, uh, labeled as fertilized. And uh, had, had, had showed her with the carton and then holding it and then actually incubating it, kind of the whole process, and then the fact that they hatched um, and um, right, I know I know who she is, by the way. So. Oh, okay, so so um, Christmas chick, kind of in line with that, so she you know exactly what I'm talking about. I saw it the other day too, and um, so she's wanting to know really how cold or too cold to store the hatching eggs, and then two, um, wow, that's uh, I just didn't think that that honestly would happen buying eggs from the grocery store. You mean you know most of them are not fertile. We know that, and our listeners now know that most of them you go to the store, they're not fertile eggs. Uh, but apparently you can buy eggs that are marked fertilized. And uh, some people will not eat anything but fertilized. Uh, they just have, you know. But um, so the question is, and we got to run, um, how cold is too cold to, to store your hatching eggs? Well, I, I don't know how they're handling uh, those those particular eggs. I can't see them, um, you know, handling them any different than, than other eggs because, you know, they all get shipped on the same truck. Um, but normally... Uh, to, you know, to my way of thinking, uh, once you get under 55 degrees, you start playing with fire. 50, I, I wouldn't want to see it any low, lower than you know 53, 54 degrees. Um, it, it, it also depends on the uh, age of the breeding flock. The older the the flock, uh, the less likely uh, they are to survive. Um, so you know, right in right in that range, uh, the 54, 55 degrees. Um, you know, the whole idea is to, uh, uh, you know, to arrest the development uh, of the embryo so that it uh, it doesn't continue to uh, to grow, uh, um, you know, more or less, you know, out of control. There is some research around um, where they're they're finding that um, uh, it may be advantageous if you're going to hold eggs for a long period of time. Uh, to start and stop them, but it, all the stuff has to be done. It's, it's right. just like I said about the storage of of of, uh, of semen and sperm. You, you just don't throw it in your freezer. It just can't be done. And you know, uh, the, the the problem uh, ten years ago, and like I said, I don't know if it's been solved, and I'm not interested in finding out. Um, uh, but I know back then, you know, just doing it under controlled conditions, you lost about a third of the. Uh, uh, of the sperm just from the freezing process, and uh, they were still searching uh, for uh, a better extender uh, at that point in time. So, you know, it, and the and the uh, you know the other problems with specific lines of birds coming back and looking at them and saying, okay, uh, you know, we were able to freeze it, we were able to thaw it, 
We look at it under a microscope. They're all running around like nuts, but when we inseminate a bird with it, we don't get anything. Okay? Mm-hmm. And and that could, you know, somewhere along the line, um, you know, because it's a process. It has to be held in, in the... In the uh, 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 and the tubules inside inside the hen's uh, oviduct, uh, the egg is usually fertilized within 15 minutes uh, or so after being ovulated. Um, and uh, at that point in time, uh, you know, it can take several hours for the sperm to break through the vitellin membrane and, and, and uh, fertilize the germ- germinal disc. But uh, for all intents and purposes, like we've talked before, you know, the, the egg is technically being incubated for 23 hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, or, or you know in, inside the bird, so it adds another day to the incubation process of 22 days. Um, how that's handled after it comes out of the hen is a whole different ballgame. I don't know why people want fertilized eggs in the first place for eating purposes. I don't get that, but you know, I don't, I don't make, make none of it makes sense to me. But that's each to their own. But exactly. Hey man, I've got to run, but I uh, I appreciate you coming on. Great information. Uh, and dealing with the, the Ruby Hen, the kind of science behind that. We do appreciate you coming on every single Monday uh, here on Back Air Poultry with Chicken Whisper. Uh, we hope you have a great week, Peter, and we'll see you back here next Monday. We will do that. We'll see you. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. And that's Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateVetSupply.com. Go visit him online today, folks. First State that supply.com. Thank you very much for tuning in today. We appreciate it, and we'll see you this Wednesday with the quail lady, Alexandra Douglas. Have a great day, everybody. God bless.